Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Contra Mundum. Uh, here is your host, CJ Engel, and I am the uh, sidekick, co-host, uh, partner, Andrew Isker. Uh, hello, CJ. How are you? How was your week? No one, no one has heard from you for a long time. So what's going on? Oh, you're muted. You don't even know how to do this anymore. You muted yourself. Uh, oh, there we go. Is that it? <laughs> Is there a button? Okay. There we go. All right, cool. So this is the computer screen. I got the uh, camera facing my eyes. Like, have you ever seen my conversation with Paul Gottfried? It's like always- Paul's dog and then his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like way up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that adds to the charm, I think. It does, uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And his wife's in the background. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we love Paul. Paul's the best. Unfortunately, my wife is um, far away from me, and I am in the shop today. It was a busy day. You'll hear the saw in the background, and I don't think Jake Medor has ever touched a saw before. Um, yeah, maybe he has. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to I'm gonna go to the, go to the replay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think he's ever. See, I'm I'm the blue collar guy. That's what I'm. That's the feel I'm trying to give here. I've rented you, out. You are this yeah. space so i can pretend like i'm a blue collar guy <laughs> you rented it out no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no it's very real uh it's very, very real. real we're we're gonna hear the machines grinding in the background and saws and everything else so uh it adds to the uh the ambiance uh of the show definitely so uh yeah you've been away from online for a while I, i've i've read some of your work i shared you know your recent post online and a lot of people um a lot of people liked it. They uh, they really enjoyed your uh, funny comments. Funny, funny guy. Um, <laughs> I got yeah. the jokes. I got the jokes. Yeah. So, oh, CJ um, CJ's uh, upper class blue collar. That's uh, yeah. Here's let's. <laughs> I don't believe CJ is blue collar. He is. He is. Uh, he's a man of both worlds. Both what color worlds. do you think this is? Literally, oh. mine's mine's blue too. Uh, man of both worlds is what you are. Um, absolutely, you have uh, calloused hands to turn the pages in your book uh, as you read. <laughs> yeah, from all the paper cuts. That's right. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. So yeah, you've been away from online for a while. So you didn't. I had to like tell you. Hey, yeah. there's some stuff yeah. going on, man. We were yeah, going we to talk like- about it. Yeah. So yeah. So we're at the point now in my journey where I'm printing out memes and and uh, mailing them to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I've I've heard that exciting things are happening with. Um, well, you told me about Ben Shapiro and, and, and Candace Owens. Yeah. And other stuff happened. What else happened this week? Yeah. So there was. Um, so there was, you know, a tweet, you know, Elon Musk gets tagged in probably a million things. I can't imagine what his you know, notifications look like, but uh, he was tagged in something or he replied to something. And someone just saying, like, pointing out the irony that and saying out loud um, something that you know most of us already all know, which is um, mass migration uh, from the third world to America and, and Western Europe is... Um, you know, not entirely <laughs> done done by one particular group, but it's it's overwhelmingly supported by by that uh, ethno religious group, and and it turns out that many of the people that uh, they advocated importing here aren't huge fans of you know the Israeli state. Uh, you know, go figure. And so you see all of these mass protests and you know just civil disturbances and things like this that have been happening for the last uh, few weeks since the 
Israeli invasion of Gaza. And people have pointed out this irony that, well, you import all these people and they, they turns out they don't actually like, um, you know, this uh, ethnic group. And, it, and it's funny because you see, I, you, you haven't seen this, but like uh, Gad Saad, um, are you Gad familiar with that guy? Uh-huh. Uh, he, um, he began attacking, you know, Roscoe from Arkansas over his anti-Semitism, right? Attacking, you know, and this is always the thing is, Oh, it's it's like rural white uh, blue collar uh, hillbillies that that hate the Jews. And when it turns out, you know, middle America and blue collar people predominantly, you know, they're they're evangelical or at least influenced by evangelicalism. And they they are more pro Israeli than any other group in all of America. Right. Uh, and so someone like Kat said attacking them, <laughs> it's just so ironic because it's not those people, the people that they love to dump on and hate mm-hmm. that are, are, are saying, Oh, Hamas did nothing wrong. It's not those people saying that it's the, it's the third world people that they've imported into America. Uh, and so Musk basically pointed out the elephant in the room mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to talk about. And well, he talked about it and, and the fallout has been, you know, IBM and Apple and all of these different companies have announced we're not going to advertise on Twitter anymore because the owner, the CEO of Twitter, is, or he's not the CEO anymore, but the, the owner is an anti-Semite and he did an anti-Semitic tweet and, and things like that, where it was like, there wasn't anything, you know, anti-Semitic or one, it's like, well, how do you define that term anyway? Um, and two, he, he's pointing out that, well, it was no one cared about mass migration until it started to harm Israelis and you know, Jewish interests in America. Now it's a big deal. Isn't that, funny? Isn't that funny? Like the host peoples of all the Western America, uh, you know, European nations, they are not allowed to say anything, but suddenly when migration hurts certain other groups, uh, then we have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's been, well, and, and, but then you talk about, well, who, who like staffs the NGOs that push mass migration, who funds the NGOs that push, push mass migration in a, in a, you know, and, and are over vastly overrepresented in, in those groups. Right. You, you point that out and it's like, oh, you, you must hate these people. You must be envious of them. You must, uh, you, you know, all, all these different things like you, you, you hate them. You're such a terrible person. And it's like, well, no, it's just, it's a, it's reality. You're recognizing reality, right? You, you have to recognize reality and that you have particular group interests and it, and it, and if you, you don't have to delve too deeply to think, okay, why, why would multiculturalism and, you know, third world mass migration and why would it benefit them? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's the benefit? And it, well, it's because then you don't have a European, you know, white majority in these countries and you can have, you, you aren't threatened by that European white majority. That's, that's the point is like, you're, you're threatened by the, you know, like you said, the host population, mm-hmm. right? That you're threatened by that. They're, you're threatened by the Christian religion being the uh, lone bulwark, right? You're th- yeah, that's why, that's why groups like this uh, promote secularism, yeah. right? Because you don't want Christianity to be you know, the, the public um, institution that undergirds, you know, public morality, you don't want that because then, right. Then you're threatened by that. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense from like a, a group interest, uh, self, um, you know, survival, um, you know, mechanism 
mm-hmm. right? It makes sense it, along those lines. It's not a conspiracy theory like, oh, these people are controlling the world. Ah. It's like, no, it's you. it makes sense that you would support yeah, that. If you're the minor, minority group that feels like it's been oppressed and there's pogroms yeah. and things like that all, for all this history, well, it makes sense that you would want that. Yeah, this is one of those ironic you know, situations because you know, if, if people on the right – you don't even have to be on the right. People on the left, anybody who you know points yeah. this out in a, in a in a way of critiquing, um, you know the the, the function of these uh, this specific you know religious or in the you know ethnic group. If we critique them, we we get in we get in trouble for that. But these these are actually the claims that that people sympathetic to them have also made that yeah. modernity. Like this is Yuri Slez. Well, what is his name? Um, Yuri Slezin or Slezkin or whatever his book yeah. is. Um, the Jewish century, like he talks about that, and he's very sympathetic to the to the Jewish yeah. people. Um, and so he talks about the fact that it was actually in their um, interest to liberalize in the classical way. Like we we mm-hmm. we can have you know criticisms of classical liberalism, but in, in the classical sense, to liberalize these political societies because they were on the outs, and liberalism allowed them to be more involved in society. So this is something that should be very standard fare. Um, you know, analysis. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and again, it's not conspiratorial or, or even, you know, attacking this group. It's like, it, this is a, you know, self-interest of, of a group. They, why, why would they do it? Well, they would want to, it makes sense that you would want to do that. Um, if I were in their shoes, right. You try to put yourself in, in another group's shoes. They're acting rationally, right. It's not an irrational, insane thing that they would want this, but, but if you want, you know, you know, European Christendom to be reinvigorated. Well, you, you have to account for these things, right? You have to at least admit, right. You're going to get opposition along these lines, right? Right. Based, based on ethno religious interests. And, and if you can't do that, like you're going to have a difficult time saying, yeah, we're going to have a, we're going to have Christendom again. We're going to have Christian national. Like that's, that's, I mean, why, which people are freaking out the most about Christian nationalism, right? That term, it's not the nationalism that, <laughs> that makes people angry. It's that it's Christian, right? It's that it is, um, that a, a Christian moral order is a, is a massive threat. You don't want that. You want to have a secular moral order, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's what drives it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not even, you know, it's, it's not even, um, uh, something that I think, you know, it takes a t- tremendous amount of thought or analysis uh, to delve into. It, it's it's pretty basic and simple, but the the reason why it's not talked about is because there's this massive taboo that you can't even talk about that particular group other than fawning, glowing praise. You can't even talk about it in an academic, you know, de-emotionalized way. Right. You, you have to be like, oh, they're, they're the best. We love Israel and all these kinds of things. You're like, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to think, well, these, this group might be an opponent to the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you do that? How do you, you know, view a group as an opponent without demonizing them and hating them and, and going down those roads? Right. That's where it, it becomes difficult. Um, so anyway, you know, Musk, uh, Musk pointed out the elephant in the room and it seems to have shifted the Overton window. Like people are, are, are willing to talk about this stuff. And, and it, I don't think it's a coincidence that he mentions this in the same week that Candace Owens um, got in a ton of trouble. And the, the thing she got in trouble for was on her show. She, she just pointed out that, Hey, that, you know, five, you know, uh, over the last five or six years, you have just this rampant anti-white race hate. That's just freely, freely talked about 
we need to eradicate whiteness. We need to, um, we need to, uh, abolish whiteness and, and here we, white privilege is the most evil thing ever. And we, white people are evil uh, on every college campus everywhere, right? Constantly this stuff is being said. Nobody cared. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, uh, and implicitly, you know, people are like, well, white people must be bad then because you can't. And, and the reason why is because people are, you're not allowed to say, Hey, hold up a minute. <laughs> this is not right. Uh, you can't, you can't defend your own interests because that's racism. And, and so she brings this up with, it was a, you know, uh, a Jewish guest, I think that she had on her show who was saying, Hey, this, all of the anti-Semitism and, and, and hatred of, of Jews and college campuses over the Israeli Palestinian conflict, this is really bad. We've got to do things. We've got to kick these people out. We've got to you know, deport them and, and all of these things. And she's like, wait, how come? How come you never said this when all of that was going on five years ago with BLM and critical race theory and things like that? Um, and that and that's where the freak out began, because <laughs> it's like, well, uh, and, it, and it, the irony, too, is right. She could she feels free enough to say this stuff because, you know, she's black. Right. It's, it's not a, a white person saying this because uh, yeah. you're not allowed to. Right. Uh, she. uh <laughs> this is a good. Uh, I can't see the chats. So <laughs> oh, you can't. Oh, I'm not logged in. Yeah, oh, so, so I'm looking me. at the chat. It's pretty, oh, you can't share it. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not a shareable thing. No, I, I'm happy with the mustache. The uh, the way it is. Um, yeah, same. But uh, yeah, our our friend friend of the show, uh, the other Paul says. In in fairness, I'd like to think that I wouldn't go out of my way to destroy my host culture. Um, yeah, I I I think the thing is like under secularism it's not viewed as a host, you know, a host versus guest Correct. Yeah. Uh, thing. It's like, well, this is our society now because it's where it's right. a secular society. Um, so it's not, there is no ours. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And it isn't viewed that way. We're not allowed to view America as ours as Americans. Right. Right. You're There's not only individuals. All of America belongs to the entire planet. As long as you get on the magic dirt and say the right words, right. Mm-hmm. That's propositional nationhood. Right. So it can't be like, no, this is where I'm born and where my father was born and my grandfather and my great grandfather, my great, great grandfather. Uh, you're not you're not allowed to think of it in those terms. Yeah. Right. You're not allowed to think of. No, this is this is my my native land in the true definition of the word. Uh, you're not not allowed to do that. Um, it's it's totally secularized. It's totally individualized. It's totally multicultural. And that's the point. And so and and some of it is I, I think they don't really think that. Um, multiculturalism could be destructive. Like, I think they actually believe in it, right? It isn't just like, it's not like a conspiracy theory, right? Where, oh, we're going to do this stuff and it's, and, and it's going to destroy America and Western Europe. It's like, no, this, this, it's a utopian vision that they have for humanity in the world, yeah. right? It, it's not, it, it's not, they don't think of it along, along the lines of destruct, you know, the destructiveness of it, because that, that would in, entail having some self-consciousness about, the object that's being destroyed and they don't, they don't view it in those terms, right? Mm-hmm. Multiculturalists, they don't, they don't at all. So um, I think that's, that's a big reason why, but, it, but multiculturalism doesn't work. And here, and here you see it. And it, I mean, it took, it, it took people, um, you know, marching in the street with Palestinian Hamas flags for people to finally say that and admit it um, because America is, um, you know, is inextricably linked to Israel, whether we, we want it or not, um, that that's the way, 
that's the, I mean, when we're talking about recognizing realities, that's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. That's the way it is. That's why I don't get too, I mean, I don't like it, but I don't get too bent out of shape when like Mike Johnson is the speaker of the house and his first act of business is all right. Unlimited billions for Israel, right? It's like, well, I expect that's par for the course. I expect that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's the way things are. But, uh, one of the things I did want to talk about today is, uh, and you, you may, you didn't, you also, you're not on, on uh, Twitter, so you didn't see, um, the, uh, the Bethany Mandel tweet. Did you see I, that? I Are did you, not. I don't even know who share that, that with you. Do I need to know she, who that is? Or he's like a conservative commentator is okay. pretty, is pretty big. And, um, uh, one of, uh, a, a follower of mine, uh, Devonsworth, who's who's like pro, very pro-Israeli, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's you know, argued with me before about about it. Uh, she you know she argued with Bethany Mandel saying, "Hey, why are you attacking uh, evangelical Christians? We mostly su- almost all of us support Israel, right? Why yeah. are you attack- attacking us? We want we want what's good for Israel." And she basically said, "Well." evangelicals want to evangelize me and, and they don't want us to be Jewish anymore. And so you're, you're my enemy. And it was like, well, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting exchange. Uh, and, and, and so I, and I, I was thinking about that. I don't know if you saw Aaron Wren's uh, Substack. stack. Uh, CJ's busy sending emails around. He's still working. Uh, nope. <laughs> hey, Hey man, <laughs> I'm, chatting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's doing the chats. Oh, you're doing the ch- you're in the chat. You're logged into the chat now. I'm going. I'm posting a chat as a guest. <laughs> oh, who are you? Okay. Because right. if I log if I log in now, I think it'll bump me out or something. Okay, let's not do that. Um. So anyway, um, it, it's interesting because yeah, Aaron Wren had a Substack that was really good, where um, I think he he has his finger on the pulse of where things are going. Where like if you look at D.C. and you look at the the halls of power in uh, in America. Like it's, I mean, some of it is kind of your mold buggy and elite preference theory, right? What, what do the elites want and what do they think about and where, where, where are they at on things? That's what really drives things, not, you know, popular opinion across the country. Mm-hmm. And you know, what he's, what he's recognizing, I think is, is what a lot of us are recognizing is that um, the left that rules the country is, is quickly shifting away from um, support of the Israelis. Right. Yeah. You look at like the Biden administration, a lot of people in the Biden administration are, are pro Palestinian, right? That that's, I mean, that's one reason why nothing ever happens uh, right now is because they don't want to support. They're going to give like tacit support to Israel and that's about it. Like they're not going to uh, seemingly, they're not going to do very much uh, because much of the state department, much of the Biden administration is, is pro Palestinian and anti anti Zionist. Mm-hmm. And, and so you see that and you recognize that, that elite preference is the thing that, you know, the Zionist interests in, in America care about. And so why does Gadsad attack Roscoe from, from Arkansas? You know, why does Bethany Mandel say that evangelicals are her enemy? Um, when these are the people that support you the most popularly in, in America. And I think it's because, they view evangelicals as extremely low status and kind of, um, and something that will push elite support away from, uh, Zionist interests rather than, than bring it to them. Right. Rather than think, Oh, here's a bunch of people we can win elections with like in South Carolina where, where Lindsey Graham is the Senator. Um, 
right? They don't, they don't think along those lines in terms of like popular democracy. They think about it in terms of the actual way our system works, which is the elites do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll figure out a way to to backfill and have a fig leaf of democracy after the fact, but they're going to do whatever they want anyway. And so if you have all of these low status evangelicals, people that everyone in the country hates and dumps on, you don't want them on your side at all. Yeah. And so why are they attacking evangelicals? <laughs> right? It's that re- I think that's the reason why is you don't want them on your side at all. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, neither side wants us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so I, I look at it, I look at it along those lines where I think the future for evangelicals isn't to be pro Hamas or Palestinian or things like that. Although I think you're starting to see that among like the, the far left segment of big Eva, I think it'll go that way uh, quickly. Uh, there'll be a preference cascade among the, among the left um, within evangelicalism. I don't think it, I think it has to be kind of your, your, your standard, like American, you know, nationalist, national, you know, self-interest, right? What's good for America. And it's just decoupling from Israel, right? That should be the priority for conservative evangelicals in the future. Not, oh, we love Israel. We can't wait till they build the third temple and bring back Jesus, right? It's, it's getting rid of all that, the, all the dispensationalist draws. Um, and, and I think that has to be, and that's, and you know, largely within the kind of Christian nationalist world, that's, that's the direction and the opinion that most, most people have is not, uh, we, we love Hamas. No, nobody thinks Hamas is great or the Palestinians are great. Um, it's, it's not our circus, not our, not our monkeys sort right. of thing. Right. And so that's, uh, let's, uh, there, there's a few, um, yeah, there's a few, uh, things in the chat we maybe can can dig into, but um, in, in a moment. But yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think do you think that's a crazy theory of mine? Is do I need to? Oh, I think take I think my you're, meds? No, I think you're right. The the other thing that like it um, just it's a hard issue because people are correct that the loss of like um, you know, the coalition between the evangelicals and Israel, it was always bad for America, bad for evangelicalism, and good for Israel, but. The fact that that's um, it's it's kind of being undermined now is actually a strength of the left. I mean, so it's yeah. like we yeah. a lot of conservatives, paleo conservatives, and traditionalists have long criticized the relationship that the United States government has with Israel. Um, but it's a weird situation where at least at at least we could um, survive. Like we could have our own, um, you know, we we, we could have our own. Um, you know, coalition. We, we were yeah. actually, we, we could have a coalition. We were worth building a coalition with. Yeah. Well, the now, 80s and 90s, now yeah. if you, if you collapse Israel, it's like, you know, what, what world power is there going to be interested in doing that with us? It's a really yeah. interesting concept because I think yeah. the Israeli connection has been really harmful for us as a country, as yeah. a country. Yeah. So, but where, where are things going to go? Because, you know, the separation of that is, is not going to be good for us either. Yeah, you know, I know so it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to radicalize a lot of people, but I think what what the left can do is this is kind of what you were saying. What the left can do with it though is they can continue to um, push the like you know the whites are just anti-Semitic and we need to oppose them. They can use that at mm-hmm. the same time as they build their own power base. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's it's and then and then we're going to go out of our way to make sure that everyone knows how um, friendly we are toward. Uh, you know, Israel. So it's, you know, yeah, to defend yeah. ourselves, like, just like we spent decades saying how not racist we are. And, yeah. you know, that didn't really work. So it's just, it's an interesting no. dynamic. Yeah. And and so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the direction, you know, 
from here. It's it, it, it is interesting that yeah, the, would you have had a, as successful a pro life movement as we've had in the last twenty or thirty years without evangelical support of the Israelis? You know, yeah, it's it is interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, which is not I mean, something I want to admit. But the Israel I mean, lobby has always been very liberal on abortion, actually. Oh, you know, they they, yeah. they have, yeah. But I think yeah. because of the coalition, because they right. they thought they needed evangelicals, they right. would go they, along with the pro life cause in order to keep sure. them in, for sure. And and so, yeah. Now now that that stuff's decoupled or seemingly beginning to decouple, um. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, my, my opinion on, you know, what's, what's going to happen in Gaza is that um, the Israelis will, you know, their, their invasion seems to be continuing uh, apace and they are going to, I think they're uh, losing succeed. their reputation in the world. I mean, at the end, at oh, yeah. the end of the day that on the long term that matters more than anything else. Well, I think it does, but I think they, they understand the, the elite preference a situation as well. Yeah, the only and they, people that they don't know this is their last elite, chance. The yeah. only ones that don't understand elite um, preference are like evangelicals. Just yeah, yeah people who, they've been so absor- they've absorbed the rhetoric of of liberty and democracy to such an extent that we're actually the only ones. But we we could use it the most. But when we yeah. dis- we discover it, like people like us and Stephen Wolf and others on the new Christian right, when we're rediscovering elite theory, we're the yeah. ones that really get. Um, you know, Hammered. scolded. Yeah, you yeah. Scolded How dare you? Why do you hate the Constitution? Yeah, like, exactly. Guys, but we're the only ones that don't use it. We are the yeah. only group in America that doesn't use it. Everybody else thinks in terms of their group interests. They also think in terms of uh, the power elite. They think in terms of friend enemy distinction. Yeah, and 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 so you. But if you change that, right? If you begin to get you know conservative evangelicals to uh, think along those lines in terms of group interest and elite preference and, uh, friend, enemy distinction, enemy distinction, right. Then, then you have a pretty powerful political block. I mean, much more, I mean, look, look how much bigger it is than like, I mean, like the homosexual, you know, group or even, even, um, like a radical, uh, black liberation, you know, Mm -hmm. race communists, right. That's like, that's like a 10% of the country. Right. It's and, and so evangelicals, what are, what are evangelicals, you know, 20, 30, maybe 40 percent. And so, right. right. You begin if you begin to have a, a block like that, that is um, is much more potent and understands politics as they actually are, then then you can begin to build coalitions uh, in this way. I mean, that's that's I think largely what the what the Trump uh, phenomenon it, to a certain extent kind of is where you have this alignment between uh, conservative evangelicals generally speaking, although not formally, um, and, you know, populist economic interests mm-hmm. and right. You put those two together and that's, that's a winning, I mean, it's clearly a winning formula. Right. And so, um, that I think is probably the coalition that will be generated in the future. If, if is, yeah. we can begin thinking along those lines. And this is the point that I've long made that like, it's not about Trump himself. It's not about the person. So, you know, that's, no. he's, he's a catalyst. He's a vehicle. Yeah. The proxy. So, yeah. Human yeah. shelling point is, is how I look at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. That, that it's not, I mean, again and again, I go back to it's n- the man himself doesn't matter. And that's why, that's why the, all the others, the DeSantis and, and others, it's like, I, I, and talking and, about DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. Was he in like fifth place and all these yeah, polls, just, you know? And his major donors just swapped to Trump. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> I, Hilarious. I 
<laughs> it's not about it's about sending a message. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, it's true. So true. I do love uh, Dark Knight posting. That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, a fire rises too. It's uh, a lot of Bane, Bane and Joker uh, commentary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, it. That's that is that is the thing. Like his his campaign is is dying, and I, I think right now he's holding out. Lately, we've said this several times. Right, he's holding out because he hopes for a broker convention in the end. Right. I think yeah, that- he's also. I think he's also. Yeah, because he's gonna see what happens with the um, indictment and mm-hmm. the uh, you know all this all the legal stuff, um, which is hilarious because once again the um, you know consultant class in the Republican Party have no idea that that's actually beneficial for Trump po- uh, popularity. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> people boosts- love that exactly. Yeah, people realize like no, this isn't this is an enemy of the people that hate me. Yes, and so I'm I'm gonna be on his side even even though. And he failed spectacularly oh, yeah, in yeah, COVID. Yeah. He failed in all these ways. He didn't, you know, wasn't able to accomplish any of the things that he wanted to. All the criticisms that that DeSantis are, makes and are, are legitimate are yeah. accurate. Um, those things don't matter because it's the regime, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you know, to to steal, you know, to borrow a phrase, it's the it's the regime, stupid, right? Yeah. That's that's the point. Is these people hate us, and we need to have someone that they hate as much as us. Um, as, yep. as the figurehead yep. and and so that's the coalition and and, and so on, on those terms i don't know if you saw the video of the big ufc match where you know the the head of you of the ufc uh dana white walks in with trump is in madison square garden and you know who was right behind trump walking Tucker, in right yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like that. yeah well maybe you know what if uh what do you what, what do you He's right, so the VP, man. <laughs> speculate. What do you think? Is he gonna do he's, it? He's got to be. He's got to be. Think? He has to. He has to. Ah, right. man, man, I, I don't even know what to say. Like that would be, <laughs> that would be crazy. Tucker is the one guy that I trust to not back down on things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that gets it. And and speaking of Tucker, um, and here's he, the other thing about yeah. Tucker. He's gonna be better at staffing the administration than Trump was. Absolutely. That's yeah. his, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. He he has I mean cuz again and that's the thing when we had an episode you know is is Tucker Carlson uh you know is he part of the CIA? You yeah. know things like that. We talked he's, about those things. He's a spook but he's our spook. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean yeah. he's a blue blood. He was you know in Georgetown and has always has been in that world his entire yeah. life. And he he talks freely about this. He doesn't make, you know, he doesn't pretend that he hasn't been. Yeah, he's been in that world his whole life. But that's the thing that we've been and saying. He knows too. he knows who the good guys and the bad guys are in that world. That's the thing that we've been saying about, um, like the Protestant Pinochet, uh, Protestant, yeah. Pinochet, Protestant Franco, or <laughs> Pinochet. Yeah, pick, I, you know, I'd like pick I, your let's flavor. Go with, let's go with that. Yeah, pick, yeah. pick your flavor, Protestant Pinochet. Yeah, um, uh, Protestant Bukele, maybe. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> the point is, you need somebody who is in the ranks. You can't have a complete yeah. outsider. Both yeah. Franco and Pinochet were military people. You have yeah. to have somebody who has is well connected. And you're not going to get a military guy because the military has been subverted for 50 years. Um, Correct. Yeah. So that's not a positive. I mean, it's 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 literally designed to be coup proof, right? Mm-hmm. Just like the um, I think we talked about this. Why why the you know Saudis don't have a military and they just outsource everything? It's because as soon as there would be a military with all the wealth that exists and really how unpopular the the Saudi uh, your kingdom yeah. is they would be cooed immediately right mm-hmm. <laughs> that's immediately what would happen so the their solution is all right no military all mercenaries uh and our our solution is we will just um fill up the military full of gay race communists 
mm-hmm. the upper echelons. Right. And uh, that'll work, you know, and, and so that's what they've done for at least since the 1990s and, and even longer than that. Um, and especially, I mean, it picked up steam under Obama. And, and so that's not an option. Uh, there aren't, there aren't, you're going, aren't going to get many generals <laughs> that are going to be pro Trump guys. I mean, you have like Michael Flynn, that's your one. Um, and that's it. Um, and he, he slipped through the cracks and <laughs> that's the only one. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's going well, to, it's but a it, whole different world than when Michael Flynn. Oh yeah. You know, uh, rose, rose the ranks. So yeah, it's, what was he in Vietnam? You know, at least yeah. when he was a, a junior officer. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, those that, that doesn't those guys don't exist anymore, and and, and so it, it's not going to be out of the military, but it would be out of at least the elite class. It has to be, uh, mm-hmm. and there has to be a defector from the elite class, and maybe that's talk. And it seems like he is. Like I think he understands the moment, uh, and it has for you know six or seven years now since he had the show on on Fox, and um, yeah, I think he. I mean, I hope I hope that is what's going to happen. We've talked about that for for months now that he has to be the next guy just because he understands uh, television, how to communicate. Um, he is uh, extremely popular guy. Like I, I talk about it. He's popular. He, he can't, his, he's got well, wealth. Did you, did you see him in, when he went to Spain? I mean, we didn't even talk about all the things going on in Spain right now, but um, he, he went to Spain and the people there loved him. Like he's in, an international star, not just an American one. Yeah. Um, and I look at it like, okay, am I, if, and I've said this before, but if, if we had, you know, steak night at the Wasika American Legion and who would get the loudest cheers, you know, the place is full, hundreds of people getting their, their ribeyes at the Legion, uh, probably cooked in canola oil though. So, uh, mm. uh but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, who would, who would get the biggest cheers? Well, number one, obviously is Donald Trump, right? If he showed up, people would go nuts and close behind him would be Tucker. Like if he just showed up for a for a, a sea oil steak, the lead and uh, behind him would be we're all gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They everyone everyone loves him, uh, and uh, you know. And so I I don't know. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This is a good one. This is hold on. I hope he's watching. Yeah, I hope he is too. Uh, this this is when it gets real serious. Um, Tucker Eric Prince ticket. <laughs> I don't. Did you see the? Uh, that would wait told me. My friends at, at New Founding interviewed Eric Prince uh, last week, and they had they had him on the podcast. So you should ch- everyone watch. You should check that out. Uh, they they talked to Eric Prince, and that you know, I mean, that's he's basically um, um, who, who I, I I'm blanking now. Who was the who was the Russian caterer that uh, that allegedly was shot down? Maybe he did. Maybe he wasn't. Um, and and attempted to coup uh, Putin. I can't think of it. I can see his face. I can't, I think can't his name. pronounce. I don't try to pronounce things. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Um, but, uh, you know, he, Eric Prince is like the version, our, our version of that maybe. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a Pergozin. Uh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Pergozin, uh, Pergozin. Uh, I just like the last part, Zin. Uh, so uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think um, – It'll be interesting to see where things go. That that's been the thing, the the kind of like dark place that a lot of people have not wanted to think about is what 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 happens after Trump. Yeah. Right. Um, well, who's going to be the guy? Um, Eric and, Prince. Did you know? Did you know he was a Buchanan guy? Really? Yeah. I mean, no, I know. Isn't Betsy DeVos's sister too? I think so. Yeah. Is it by marriage or is it um, his actual sister? I think it's his actual sister. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the, the the arc of history is long, but it but it always bends toward Buchanan. 
It's right. It's right. That's right. No, there was a, there was a really good. Speaking of tweets, you didn't see. Uh, there was a really good tweet uh, by by Fisher King um, about cases. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of good ones. Uh, and he uh, said, um, I, I won't be able to pull it up here, but um, basically imagine the 90s, but with Twitter and social media. Right. And do you I mean, just so imagine this, you know, thought experiment. If if all the things that happened in 2015 and 2016 because of Twitter and social media and everything else, memes and, and, and everything, right? The meme energy. Uh, imagine if that had existed in 1996. Man. Right. When Buchanan, what, did, did he win New Hampshire? I, I think, think so. if, I, if I remember right, he didn't win Iowa, but he won New Hampshire. And it was like, it was DEFCON one for uh, the neocons. In the I love, party. I love Pat. Like you can't, like I, you can't, yeah. I love Buchanan you can't, so much. You can't not love Pat. I love his voice. I love, I love what he represents. Like the milieu that he comes out of. He's like the last of a, of an age, you know? He certainly is. He absolutely yeah. is. And, but I mean, imagine that. I think he would have been president if, mm-hmm. if Twitter would have existed in 1996. And, and what I brought up is imagine if it existed the entire nineties. So you have, you have events like the Rodney King riots, right. And uh, the OJ trial and um, Waco and Oklahoma city and things like that. Like, I think all the things that have kind of um, we figured out post hoc about, you know, Waco and Oklahoma city and Ruby Ridge and things like that, that would have happened in real time. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, Hey, this doesn't, it's not adding up here guys. Um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, you know, <laughs> really going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, I, I don't know if, um, uh, Timothy McVeigh would have been, uh, convicted or if he would have been like the, yeah. the, the fed co-conspirators would have been snuffed, you know, snuffed out. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the internet is so powerful. We can see through anything pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think those narratives were as constructed as tightly. They you couldn't, know, they weren't. Yeah. You didn't so have, they didn't have to be, they didn't have to be right. Yeah, the information when you control the heated. Yeah, when no, you control no. all the news networks and, and the the flow of information to the to the people, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's the same. It is the same. Um, it, this is here we go. This is good. This is good. This will this will make you happy. Can you see the when I put yeah. it up on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right wing Christian trader oh, now oh. feels like the glory days of the reform. <laughs> Sorry, CJ, I don't want to bring this don't up. Bring it back. <laughs> Yes, it does. We had, uh, if, if only they knew who we're all going to make it is. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're going to get in trouble for that. No, he, he might, maybe as a guy that was in, in that group. Uh, maybe not. I can't maybe say, I, I can't say, um, he's going to be mad at me if he's, if he's watching, Uh-oh. uh, but uh, <laughs> I knew that would get to, him. <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we had a lot of fun I and mean, that's, that should, we should fill in some of the viewers on the backstory of, you know, our relationship uh, a little bit. Do you want to do that? Uh, of how we know each other? Yeah. We were cringe autistic libertarians. <laughs> yes. Together. together. And uh, yeah. And we, uh, and we went on a journey. I mean, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, it was the, the rage quit. No, the 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 rapidity with which we all left libertarianism was hilarious. Well, and and independent of each other, that's the thing. Like independent all the guys of each other, yeah. That were you know admins. We had a we had a, a group chat, and um, no, well, the vegetarians. We're like guys. I don't think I'm libertarian anymore. And like, yeah, me neither. Yeah, it was this yeah, not me either. <laughs> where the entire admin group 
um, <laughs> like hated libertarian, and we just—it was really funny. Yeah. yeah, it was. You know, it was like I—I I think I'm—I think I'm just right wing. I don't think I'm—I don't even know what I am, but I'm not libertarian. You know, like I'm—I'm I'm done arguing about the nap. Yeah. Uh, it's not a basis for morality, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, man. Just like seeing those types of conversations because people still have them. Like, yeah. like you know, hypothetically, who should own like space? And you're just like <laughs> they're they're transing our children. Yeah, I mean, like can on. we not talk about like ocean privatization right now? <laughs> I know, I know. Bitcoin solves this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing. Before, um, you know, for for me anyway, it was I was uh, yeah. I remember being a boobercon too, like a, a 2004. Um, my wife will tell you um, one of the first times we hung out, I was on about how great George W. Bush was, how he's such a wonderful president and, and history will remember him as a great president and things like that. And, uh, and then I discovered, um, you know, Ron Paul um, and it's like, wow, he makes, this guy makes a lot of sense. And then you go down the, the libertarian road. By the way, I still like him. Oh, I love him too. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. He's always been great. Um, even, even though, yeah, I'm not this hardcore libertarian anymore. I still have a, a he's also not the right man for the moment, um, either because he'd be, he would refuse to use power against enemies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'd be kind of like, I mean, this is, I look at like Thomas Massey very much kind of carrying, um, Ron's, uh, banner and, Mm -hmm. and he, he's constitutionally both, you know, pun intended, um, incapable of, of, of viewing things in a, in a friend enemy distinction way and, and using power, um, for the sake of, of public order and, and maintaining the, the public good. Um, because those are not categories that, that they think in. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's just, you know, that's the reality of our situation. And, yeah. and so I don't, I don't mean to, you know, attack Massey cause I think he's a phenomenal Congressman for the most part. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the other thing too. Like, uh, you know, Mises Institute. Uh, yeah, a lot of great, a lot of great, great guys at the Mises Institute. Um, I mean, Jeff Dice. You know, is he still libertarian? Uh, I don't think he is. You know, he kind of went on a journey like us too. <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think you know Jeff got much more serious about his faith. You know, he's a Lutheran as far as I as far as I know. Right. His wife's Catholic. Yeah. He's um, he's. He's uh he struggles with the the, the evangelicalism the you know the just the what being in the south you yeah. know it's it's a it's a rough you know we're we're not in the healthiest place right now you know no the church isn't so. no certainly not and that, I mean that's that's something we're trying to change and that's that's part of like the whole Christian nationalism project is is trying to get the church to think it's it's you know I'll see all these people talk about uh, and criticize what are Christian nationalists going to win elections and accomplish anything it's like guys that's not even a single priority i have at the moment it's trying to reorient the church to think about politics in in a way that our forefathers thought about politics the way you know john calvin ta- thought about politics um and the reformers thought about politics not um not about oh if we can't if we could just get a christian nationalist congress then we'll be good you know, it's like you're that's the totally wrong frame to think of mm-hmm. these things um I don't, I don't think about it in that way at all. It's like, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to win elections and uh, accomplish goals. But right now it's, uh, it's about, you know, reorienting the church to be, um, to be the lone bulwark 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, more more than anything, to to think about the political questions on political terms, not on you know pietistic spiritual ones, mm-hmm. and that is a challenge all of its own, right? No one wants to even even go down that road. I mean, just look at the resistance that you get from so many people, and there's so many, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Paul has a good one here. Uh, we of the Christian Nationalist Party will fight for our democracy. It's like, I don't I mean, Yeah, exactly. Like n- none of us are, are thinking along those lines. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're not thinking along those lines at all. Um, it's a, it's about getting Christians to think about politics Christianly um, in, in, in a, in, in the way that our, our traditions have, have thought about it for a very long time until the 20th century, really. Um and so, I mean, you know, elaborate on that. What do you think about, uh, you know, um, is, is, do you agree with me that, uh, if we don't win elections for 50 years and well, the, the, the will there be elections 50 years down the road? Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, I don't, I don't, the elections don't matter. Like everything no, that we exactly. see, everything we see in politics right now is the result of a left that 70 years ago ignored elections and they focused on the long-term play, the long-term no. strategy. Yeah. Elections are what, just elections are almost meaningless. This is what we know? talked about with Lafayette Lee when we talked about the new yeah, deal. This this is how yeah, politics is so much more than elections. You know, mm-hmm. so like we what we're seeing now is the fruit of you know a long, you know, the you know, it's it's an overstated phrase, but I really like it. The long march through the institutions. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and, and I don't I don't necessarily know if that'll work for us. We may have to use power a little bit more forcefully than the left was able to. Um, oh, that's going to get clipped. The people that that uh, you know maybe you won't be called my co-host anymore. That'll just be <laughs> <laughs> CJ Ingles. This is what CJ Ingles said. We got to use power. Yeah, we, we got to use power. Gotta use power. <laughs> yeah, we got to use power. Um, that's offensive to many people, but it's the way yeah. it, the way it works, um, and it's a good thing. You know, the power. Power is something that um, you know can be used for good, and it should be used for good, and it should be used against those who seek our harm. No. Um, yeah, it's not so a negative thing or a neutral thing. It's also it not something that should be. It's also not something that should be chiefly thought of as um, the relationship between power and the individual. I no. think people sh- people think too much about that. They think about the the dynamic between of uh, like the individual, like against the hot steel of power, and how scary that is. That is really scary. But, it is, but, yeah. but power is mostly about the confrontation between those in power and potential political enemies. That's where the true confrontation is, that the meaningful confrontation. You know, we're not yeah. saying we're going to go house to house, knocking on doors, making sure nobody's gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but maybe. Did you, oh, I don't you, didn't see, uh, you, didn't, you didn't see there was a, a Reddit freak out over a town in, in Tennessee that um, – that banned like public display displays of lewdness and things like this, like Murfreesboro, Tennessee just banned being gay. <laughs> ah, they're take the Christians are taking over. Oh no. And it's so like, funny. no, they don't want, they don't want drag shows in the, in the public. Yeah. Library, you know? yeah those, those freakouts are hilarious. Like over the last 2000 years, we are at like the most progressive, <laughs> like culturally progressive ever. And then yeah. like they're panicking. On like Christian Sharia is around the corner. So it's yeah. they're, they're controlling everything. Mike Johnson is gonna make everyone believe the world is six thousand years old. You know, uh, it's it, it's ridiculous. You know, uh, and yeah, it, it it's but they have to have the boogeyman, right? They have to have that boogeyman there, and um, 
they're going to keep doing that. I mean, they'll, they'll, there will be horrors beyond our imagining five years from now. And they'll be like, Oh, any minute now, those Christians are going to take over the whole country. <laughs> that's, that's what they have to do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing, the most difficult thing, and this is, this is what I talk about. I mean, I have, I have young guys that will email me or, or call me up all the time, that's you know, talking good. about, uh, well, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I do. And, uh, and, and they're like, well, I'm thinking of going to seminary and, um, all the seminaries are just, um, abysmal. Like, and if I go to yeah. this denomination or whatever one, like I will immediately get thrown out for stating opinions that were uncontroversial in Christian, in the church 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're holding positions by the way that like our little innocent, fragile grandmothers still hold. Yeah. It's like, yeah. these are like regular people. Position. Yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. It's like, well, you know, even, even on the, you know, the, the title of the show with Elon Musk and everything is uh, like the position that, oh, you know, Jews are not going to go to heaven. Uh, they need to believe in Jesus or they will go to hell. Uh, like you, if you say that out loud, people freak out, they lose it. What? Yeah. What? And it's like, that's what the Bible says. Like you, you, there's no way to the father except through Jesus. And yeah. you can't say that that's anti-Semitic. Um, and, and so, I mean, that was the thing that, that Bethany Mandel, um, was, um, my pastor, was, yeah, my pastor said that, you know, on, on Sunday, like we are going to pray for the Jews and their conversion and yeah, like what? makes people really uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, there's a ton of people. I mean, people that I, that are close to me that just don't get that. They think that, well, no, they're God's chosen people. So they will, they'll be in heaven too, somehow like what gives their, their blood. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> Are you cur- serious? yeah, curious. They're weird. Um, and so that that's that's weird. Uh, but yeah, like that, like just basic normal Christian positions. I mean, that uh, homosexuality is a sin, and it's bad, and it's and it's destructive in all these different ways. You can't say that. That's that's so unChristlike. How dare you say that? Uh, and. And, and so this is the position that, that so many young guys are in that want to go be pastors and, and um, serve the church and like, where are they supposed to go? What are they supposed to do? Um, and so it, I think it falls on, uh, on a lot of us that are in, in good churches um, and have good situations to, to train them, right. To not, uh, to not let them, you know, sign up for a lifetime of debt in, in cemetery. And, uh, and even, even the, the, um, ostensible good ones, like the good seminaries, right? Um, I wouldn't, I, if I were 22 years, old, I wouldn't want to go to those, right? I mean, do you, do you imagine what it'd be like? I mean, we talked to John Harris about this, you know, uh, a few months ago and it's like, I could, I couldn't do it. I could not, I couldn't go to one of these places and, and try to, and try to argue about this stuff when, like you said, they're trans in our kids, man. Uh, and you're, you're pretending like, like it's 30 years ago. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you're afraid to say the things that people said 30 years ago. Like what? what yeah, is yeah, yeah. I know they, they preach, you know, persecution and encourage and martyrdom. Um, but they're literally afraid to say anything terrified. of terrified of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And even, I mean, I saw, I think there was a, there was a, a guy, young guy who was, was shot uh, yesterday street preaching um, in, in Arizona. Uh, and so it, like being a Christian is dangerous today, like publicly believing in Jesus and holding to what the Bible says. It is not, I mean, you are in negative world. Like people hate you and want you dead. 
uh, just for being a Christian here in the United States, not in communist China or in Saudi Arabia. Um, We're talking, you know, America, they hate you here and want you destroyed. And so like to act like, act like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're so courageous and, and brave. And meanwhile, uh, no, we're not, we were terrified to say these things. No, it's, it's, it's so pathetic, but, um, uh, yeah, I think we have to reckon with the fact that the, the church is in a, a very rough spot and, you know, the negative, negative world isn't going to magically, and this is a thing that I think a lot of, a lot of evangelicals think that persecution just magically purifies the church and makes it better. No, it doesn't. I mean, even looking at the early church, the early church is full of all sorts of heresies while they're being killed, right? We could, we could have Paul back on to talk about um, all, all, all of the heresies that occurred in the first you know, 300 years of the church. All of that stuff go, is going on where people are being led astray from, from the faith into these syncretistic religions and things like that, because the pressure turns that stuff up. Right. Yeah. It causes more of that. It causes more, you know, in, in our context, more regime collaboration. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot more pro-gay evangelicals than ever before because that's what the regime rewards. Right. right. So it isn't going to be the purifying thing. Oh, it's going to clear out all the bad people in the church that don't really believe the gospel. No, it's it's multiplying them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's making more of those people. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah, let's bring them back next time. He's I mean. I didn't even know what time it is there. Is it, is it like, you know, one in the morning or something <laughs> in the middle of the night? He's watching. Uh, Does he ever sleep? I don't know. I don't know. He must not. Uh, just, he must have, you know, tons of tea and, and Zin uh, or, or various nicotines uh, <laughs> keeping him going. Oh uh, yeah. The traditors. Yeah. We, we talked about that a little bit. Um, um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, and, and that, that is, is a thing that, uh, oh, he's about to have a stream in 30 minutes. There we go. 9 30 AM. Okay. It's morning, morning. It's Saturday. Is it Saturday there already? Well, yeah. Good morning, Paul. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, um, that, I mean, in our context, it, the traditors are the David French's and Russell Moore's and people of their ilk, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the people like that that want to syncretize the Christian religion with the priorities of the regime. And that's, that's not going away. We're going to have more of those kinds of people. Um, you know, that, that's what you, you have to understand is no, we're not entering a time Yeah, We're entering a time of persecution, but it's not this like perfect, wonderful, great time. Like the, uh, you know, the G three types that are also courageous and, and others, um, think, that uh, no, you are going to have, you're going to have people that want you destroyed. I mean, just look at, look at COVID. I mean, look at what happened there and the churches that were faithful, who are the, who, who are attacked, who attacked them the most? It was the ones that were not that stayed shut down, right? Who attacked uh, John MacArthur's church the most? It was the people that were pro lockdown and thought everything, everything was great. And this is so wonderful. Well, you know, take that paradigm and multiply it out across everything that is going to continue happening over the next 20 years. Right. That's, that's what you're up against. Right. Um, and so that's, uh, that's where we're at, but we're running out of time. CJ said, we only have time for one hour. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what stuff do you have in the doc? You said you have, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, the Wuhan flu is attacking. Um, what, uh, what do you have going on for the rest of, uh, the week? What, uh, what content are you going to produce for us in your hiatus? Uh, who knows? I got, I got lots of pending stuff, so I don't know which one I'll feel like finishing first, but, um, did you yeah, finish that no one idea. on Martin Luther and, uh, the political? No, cause I disagreed with myself when I was done. <laughs> so I need to I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ah, 
this is ridiculous. Who would write this? And so I have to, I have to slightly change my course a little bit. Yeah, you but just got to churn stuff out and not care. You just got to do what I do. Just I know, I'm terrible man. at it. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. But it's like, it's long form. So nobody yeah. actually reads all the way through anyway. So it shouldn't really matter that much. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I you do. do. I, that's my job as the sidekick. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> I have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they attack me. Um, the uh, I have um, it's not an article by me. I'll put it in the in the chat here, um, but we'll put it hopefully in the bottom of the episode. It's a close, dear uh, friend of mine. Um, Ron Dodson uh, wrote an article about about Israel and American uh, Jewish relations and how to think about how to think about Israel, how to think about uh, Judaism and, and so forth. It's fantastic. It's very, very good. So if. If you have not read that yet, uh, please do. So I'm not going to you know, shill any of my own stuff. I did I did write some for Gab last week. Uh, so check that out, news.gab.com. We also republished this uh, on Gab, so you can find it there. Um, but it's phenomenal. It's very, very good. Maybe maybe we could have Ron on the show if he would. Uh, uh, he's a very busy guy, so he probably wouldn't have. I don't know if he has time for us, but maybe, <laughs> maybe he will to talk about the article because it's so good. Uh, really gets into detail, um, the kind of detail about, you know, similar ideas and things that I think at least, uh, and it isn't even specifically only a post-millennial and preterist perspective, but that's certainly in there. Uh, but please check that out. Um, otherwise, yeah. Anything else that you're, you're going to post here, uh, soon CJ? I've, um, no, no, nothing like that. I almost came back to Twitter to post something and then I, I resisted. Don't do it. Don't do um, it. Stay strong. You, are we, are we sharing our guests next week? Is that uh, yeah Monday that? Monday no no our 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 very special guest that we will have on Monday I think we'll do it live uh, Monday afternoon so think of your questions for him um, it will be raw egg nationalist will be joining us uh, I thought it was uh, we're all gonna make it oh sorry well no time for we're all gonna make it uh, no sorry uh, we're we're out of time we only have a minute left. Uh, no time for we're all going to make it. Maybe, maybe next week you could join us with Rog Nationalist. That'd be pretty cool. But no, it's Rog Nationalist. You forgot about Rog Nationalist? You're still on for that, right? Now we're doing an on-air production meeting. Are you asking me? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Of course I'll be there. Well, yeah. No, Ren is great. Rog Nationalist is is the man. And so we'll, we'll talk about diet. You know what's hilarious? Can I just tell you what's hilarious? What's that? When you first told me about Monday, I thought you were meaning Aaron Wren. I, I I'm just finding out about this. <laughs> what? <laughs> the very first time. That's no, I, it'd be I'm great serious. to have Aaron Wren on here too. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so it's Rag Nationalist. Sorry. Now you got to pivot to talk about something completely different. Yeah. And I was like, okay, my questions are going to be a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to ask uh, Rag Nationalist about negative world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, man? That's funny. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about food. We're, I, you're gonna slong some eggs live on air. I probably will not. I don't All right. know. By the way, by the way, Monday is going to be a great day for that reason. But Andrew's getting a delivery on Monday. Finally. It's finally coming. The allegedly, gum. allegedly on Monday. Yeah. So maybe by Monday, my jaw will be just like we'll this just wide. Be ripped. Yeah, massive. Yeah. yeah. My jaw will have abs on either side. All right. Well, that I think will no do it uh, yep. for us. No promises. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all the time we've got for today. Thank you all for joining us and, uh, and for all the, uh, hilarious comments in the chat. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, please share and like and subscribe and, and all of that good stuff. And until Monday, uh, stay dangerous and we will see you next time.